Please be seated. Especially at our 8 o'clock service today, uh, but at this service as well and throughout our community, um, today a lot of us have heavy hearts, uh, but also hearts that are full. Our beloved parishioner Jackie Albert had a massive stroke on Wednesday, and she is not thought to make it out of this. But especially in the last few of her 95 years, she made it very clear that if this is her exit, this is about the way she might want it to be. And so we pray for her family and her friends as we await her leaving this world peacefully. And so we have heavy hearts for ourselves, but we have full hearts thinking of Jackie and those 95 years and the lives she touched teaching school, the lives she touched in this place, often greeting people at the door at 8 o'clock, all the love she has had for this place and the people who have come and gone. We give thanks for her spirit, her feistiness, and all that she continues to mean for so many in and around this place. Today can be a kind of day where people have heavy hearts and full hearts for a variety of reasons. As the card shops and florists and restaurants remind us that it is Mother's Day, many rejoice and give thanks and have this as a huge day of celebration and joy. But there are those also for whom the day is a heavy day. Perhaps they've lost a mother in the last year. Perhaps this day reminds them of the distance, either geographical or emotional, between them and another mother. Perhaps it reminds some of the disconnect between an idealized relationship and the ones we often struggle with in this world. Wherever you may be, whether you come with a light and free heart today or one that's a little heavier, the scriptures, I think, have something to say to each one of us. The scriptures, especially the gospel today, acknowledges the world as it is, even as it reminds us that we already have what we need to lead us into tomorrow. In the first scripture we heard, the reading from Acts, the disciples are just beginning to reorganize themselves after the betrayal of Jesus by one of their own, Judas. They're just beginning to recover from all that went on around the death and the resurrection of Jesus. In that Jesus has appeared among them for some time after the resurrection only confuses things for some of them. And now it seems that Jesus has ascended to God. And so the disciples are trying to figure out what this means for their community, what this means for following Jesus. The words of our presiding bishop, what this means for the Jesus movement. And yet the disciples find themselves there, ready to to be brought to new life and to move out in God's will. And so they, they choose Matthias, and they move out in faith. 
the disciples can go forward just like we can go forward through any difficulty, any fear, any grief, any pain. Because the disciples and we remember the words of Jesus. The disciples remember Jesus' words. They repeat them, and through prayer and worship and celebrating the sacred meal, they feel Christ's presence among them, and we do the same thing. The gospel for today comes from a portion of John's gospel in which Jesus is trying to prepare his friends for life ahead, for a life without him in bodily form. Jesus knows that their faith is going to be tested. He knows that it will be hard for them to keep the faith. He knows it will be hard for them to remember his teachings. And so he gives them all that he can. Bishop N.T. Wright, who is the retired bishop of Durham, England, suggests a wonderful contemporary way for reimagining Jesus' words today. He invites us to imagine a young mother, a young mother who is about to leave her children in the care of her parents, the grandparents of the child. And so the mother makes a careful list, reminding the grandparents of the children's favorite food, of their sleeping habits, of their play schedule, of which toy goes with which child, and all the other things that go into to carefully caring for the children. One can imagine a mother in that situation giving detailed instructions as to how each child should be looked after, not because she didn't trust her parents to look after them, but because she does trust her parents. Bishop Wright suggests that's what Jesus is doing. He's entrusting his disciples, his friends, us, to God, his heavenly Father, because he knows God will continue to protect us and watch over us. Jesus asks God to protect his friends and followers and all those who will believe through the word. That's us. Jesus doesn't ask God to take us out of the world. He knows that it's, it's through people like us that the world can be changed. It's through people like us, through flesh and blood, that the world will be changed. But he does ask God always and everywhere to protect us from evil, to keep an eye on us, to look out for us, to keep us close. Perhaps the most radical line of scripture today is the first one in the gospel. Jesus prays for his disciples. Jesus prays for us. Imagine such a thing. This means everything. It means that there's a link between us and God. Even when we may feel like we haven't done our part, even when we might feel like we've drifted a little bit or even turned our back on God or that we've somehow broken that link, it means that Jesus is praying for us. Even when we have tough decisions to make, it means we don't make them alone because he's already praying for us and with us. It means that even as we try to figure out what it means to be a person of faith and integrity in relationships, at work, in social settings, Jesus prays for us and is pulling for us to figure it out and to make our way through. We are never alone. 
Jesus prays for us, and it's his love for us that carries the weight of that prayer. It's his love for us that keeps the prayer in the presence of the Father. And so when we add our love, then there's even more in the conversation. It's through the asking and the answering and the silences in between that prayer works. Jesus prays for us, and while his Spirit is with us, we can pray for each other and for ourselves. The prayer moves through a kind of frequency that's based on love. And even when it's not quite love, but simply friendship or concern or regard, it still serves as the medium through which prayer can move. Many of you are familiar with, especially in the 1980s and 90s, a number of studies were done on prayer up at Harvard. Often these were done where a person was not told they were being prayed for, or the person praying might have no relationship whatsoever with the person being prayed for. Sometimes such prayer experiments were done using things other than people, and the results, as you might expect, were inconclusive at best. But studies continue, not so much to prove causation, but to explore the possibilities of prayer, of there being some connection between the two people. And what such studies and our own experience do show is that while my prayer might not specifically affect another person or make an apple turn brown or prevent it from turning brown, the prayer changes me every time. And perhaps that's a part of what prayer is all about. It's opening us to the life of God in us and around us so that we can be more attuned to God more in tune with God's purposes in the world. We can be like those disciples in the, books of, in the book of Acts at the Ascension, where they stand gazing off into heaven, sort of looking for Christ. If we do so, we'll be looking for a long time. Over and over again, Jesus says, don't look upward, look within, look around. That's where the kingdom of God is. It's within you. It's in small signs in other people in the world around us. Today's scriptures remind us to look prayerfully, to move prayerfully, because the clouds may come and go. It may feel like Christ is close or that he's far away. The devil may act as a delivery man for all sorts of problems and difficulties, but God is God, and God's steadfast love endures forever. When Jesus spoke the words in today's gospel, I think his heart was probably very heavy as he anticipated leaving his friends and family and this world that he loved so deeply. But his heart was also full, full as he could give thanks for each day, each hour, each moment among his friends, each breath that he received in this life and gave forth. It's his humanity that shows us how we can move forward, being our most loving, most prayerful selves. Christ's divinity reminds us of where we're headed, that Christ has come to make us holy, not only so that we might more completely recognize God in our world, but also so that gradually, little by little, day after day, we gradually become more like God. 
Let us give thanks this day for all that has nurtured us, that has led us in the love of God like a mother or a loving parent. And let us give thanks that Christ prays for us and prays within us. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.